Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast, uh, day two at SEA Brew. We are here with uh, Chris Lee and Gary from Kura Kura Brewing, mm-hmm. from deep in the jungle, the most inhospitable place to brew in the world, as you put it, Chris. Yeah, uh, In Bali. Yeah. So, um, can you can just give us the elevator pitch? Tell us about the brewery in, in 30 seconds or less. Uh, and you're on the clock, so. <laughs> 30 seconds or less. Oh, man. No, please. Fire take around. your time. Yeah. Go, go, take your go, time. Go. <laughs> Uh, we're uh, a craft brewery in Bali. We're called Kura Kura. We're brewed in the mountains, the most inhospitable place for brewing, I would say. Um, we started two years ago during pandemic, and uh, it's just been an exponential growth since that. And uh, you know what? The growth has, um, it's crazy, you know? Growing anywhere is crazy. Growing in the jungle is hard. In sourcing ingredients, supply chain, etc., I imagine is, is quite tricky. There you are. Well, everything is. It's always, you know, delayed. You try to combine that with, of course, with COVID yeah. and the inavailability. Not to mention, it's, it's difficult to get certain items. We were just talking on Worldflock. You have to have a fishery license to bring <laughs> Worldflock in. So it's not an option for us at this time. Uh, then you also have just the nature of logistics, getting things into jungle you do drive by actual monkeys which is a consideration uh the rain the moisture we're mm. in rainy season and as a brewer i can tell you with the water just by itself it's like a roller coaster we go from dry to wet wet to dry your ph is all over the place uh magnesium can shoot up to 65 parts per million and so then the evolution of the brewery starts taking place you're like well we really do need reverse osmosis mm. for repeatability. There's a flavor profile you want to maintain. And really, it was just up until like two weeks ago. Finally, the water report, I could put it into Bruin and the residual alkalinity. We get everything to match, and the numbers are finally working. But it's been about a year where it's like it been a random amount of acid. We know it works. It doesn't work. We made some adjustments to the RO system. And that's just water. Our, our yeah, brewery right. is literally built on a ridge that leads off into an extinct volcano. So, um, just geologically, it's interesting. Yeah. It sounds like it. I mean, you know, everything starts with the water, right? And if you're fighting that to begin with, it's, it's um, yeah, it must be so hard to get your beer consistent and to a place where you're happy with it. It's, um, it's one thing just to brew good beer or even to brew bad beer consistently. Pick anything. But you need the basic inputs. You, you need a source of heat. Uh, in our case, with electricity, the government power, very interesting. You get brownouts, you'll drop a phase. Uh, you're certainly <laughs> under voltage. That wreaks havoc with everything. Uh, your control systems, glycol chiller. The basic things you rely on as a brewer, it's not there. And so you have to take this extra investment, the extra action. Transfer switches, remote start generators, having enough fuel on hand, having enough monkey bite cream uh, <laughs> as, the, as the weeks go on. So the, the challenge is the jungle, and you know, I'm going to share it. It's, uh, they say, well, the rainy season, of course, it's a wet time of the year. With the amount of humidity, things that should last, you know, three, four years. We have a coating. 
Uh, we have parts that it's not that it's a poor manufactured product. It, you're putting it in an environment where the humidity and the heat, uh, just the level amount of moisture, things rusting out that you would not imagine, uh, different things failing, dealing with the local wildlife. It's not all monkeys. Mm. There are other small critters that like to run around too. And you, you have to manage all of that, which makes it one hell of a challenge. Geographically, we're on a rain barrier. So like, yeah, awesome. all the clouds in <laughs> Bali, they have to push against the very mountain that we just happen to be on. And it just dumps rain. It could mm. be like bone dry in the south, but this rain barrier, it hits us. It's 99% humidity all day, every day. It rains like four times a day. <laughs> it's insane. It sounds like Melbourne. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Well, well, can we, on a, on a different tack then, can you tell us what, why brew out there? What, what's, I mean, obviously there's benefits to it. There's good parts. Licensing. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what I was going to ask. What are your sort of licensing issues in a predominantly Muslim country with a sort of pretty hardline stance on alcohol on the whole? Well, I mean, to be honest, it's quite nice for us, actually, because we actually do have the alcohol license. And, um, I mean, there's two ways to look at it, right? Either you like competition or you don't like competition. I personally like competition. I think it grows the industry. It makes everyone a better person, right? It makes everyone a better brewer. Everyone's trying new things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with the legal climate in Indonesia, like, it's it's a little bit of an uphill battle to build a craft brewing scene and a, a craft brewing economy, 100%. How do you, like, do you sell mostly to expats? Like, have you got local, like, is there a local demand for craft beer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would say it's almost like 50-50. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, absolutely. That's really well, cool. Well, I mean, there's, like, kind of three categories of person in Bali, right? There's uh, tourist. You know, you're there, you're out. There's local expat, and there's straight local. And I think, you know, if you make a great beer, everyone's going to flock to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so what sort of beers do you like making and what sort of styles does uh well we started out you know i would argue very stable with an island ale like a dry hop very tropical pale ale Uh, there was a lagers part of the lineup now in the past month we have added on a kolsch like and again it's the use of things like calypso nelson savant not traditional very dialed back very light beer we also brought out a new england ipa very tropical fruity uh, the goodness of malted oats, uh, flaked oats, and wheat. So you got all those beta glucans. A very silky kind of beer using zamba. So it's very much mango, pineapple, passion fruit. I guess if there would be stylistically, you know, it's an island, a tropical island. You're going to embrace those flavors inherently. But yeah, we like our fruity beers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, Apologies to the listeners for the background noise. Too. We are we are at an active brewing conference that has bagpipes. I'm pretty sure yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. a policeman's funeral going on. Yeah, yeah. I assume you'll stick to sort of the, the styles that work in the climate, right? So that's sort of... Uh, yeah, you, you yeah. have to consider things. I'm going to argue uh, Goza, Berlin or Vice, something sour, yeah. maybe something with salinity. I'll make the argument in passion for a saison, something very dry, mm. inherently uh, very, uh, I would argue... Crushable, but yet with that flavor profile, uh, even beers like Hefeweiss, and we have experimented, and that runs the gamut. So we're doing tr- a sour mash uh, for any of the sour products. Uh, we have monkeyed with double IPA, uh, Scotch ale. Most interestingly, we're working with capturing local bread and amices. Oh. So deep in the uh, we're deep in the jungle, 
we went further down Little Road to Farmer's uh, area. And so from Marigold and from Jackfruit, we took uh, some inoculation of warts. And we have identified and isolated two different strains of Brett. The first one uh, will throw off notes, very floral. Um, I'm picking up right now with time a little bit of Band-Aid medicinal, mm. a little tingle on the tongue. And that was just from primary. So it's a very fast-acting turnaround. Uh, that was Marigold. The second one, the Jackfruit, we're going to do blend with uh, a Belgian Golden Ale. And I'm just wanting to get back home because it's just sitting, uh, basically just getting gas right now. And so we couldn't bring everything. So I think style-wise, it's open. You know, a Hefeweizen, right? A nice wheat beer on a hot day, that can be quite nice as well. Um, out of all things, I'm going to argue, maybe because of licensing, we'll look at a, a lower alcohol scotch ale. But what do you know about the Balinese market? Well, they don't want things really bitter. Uh, you have this sweet toffee-like stickiness of that nice scotch ale, simple bittering charge. And so you've got all the characteristics, uh, sweetness, flavor, it's balanced. Uh, the version we had originally right now is higher alcohol. Mm. But, you know, I'd, I'd make it for a 5% to get in the marketplace that way if I could. Oh, absolutely. And the crazy thing is, is that, you know, there's there's so few craft beer makers over on the island that, you know, whatever you are doing, you're literally introducing to the market for the first time. Yeah. You're not I mean, following someone else. And like, what's cool, it's sort of you're, you're defining what is. We literally have yeah, no yeah. idea. I mean, we released two beers at the same time, like a really like Kolsch and like a New England style IPA. And we expected the Kolsch to just like blow the market. You know, all the assumptions is like, you know. They're new beer drinkers. They don't like yeah. a, a strong-tasting beer, high-alcoholic beer. And that assumption was turned on its head. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there are a lot of surprises out there. That's really cool. Yeah. You say there's not a lot of brewers. How many are we talking in Indonesia? Like four? Yeah, four or five. Yeah, wow. Uh, wow. And I'm, I'm friends with the whole lot of them. We're all friends together. Obviously, you know, we're competitors in that you know, we're putting beer in the same marketplace. But as a practical matter, uh, some of the other breweries got friends here. We'll have them come over and, like, check out our lab. Uh, oh, we just had a problem with the following, you know, source product that we all use. You know, here's a heads up of what's going on and what the impact can be. Even when it comes to beers and recipes, I mean, who the hell is just going to take another man's beer and just make it? It's going to be obvious. So we trade stories about, oh, here's how I'm doing this beer. What are you guys up to? Uh, and the list just kind of goes and goes. So it's good, friendly competition. I want everyone. I, I'd like to see a whole bunch of us win a smatter. Of course, all for Indonesia, mind you. Right. Win all the medals. But as long as it's amongst the crew of brewers, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think I think when I last went pre-COVID to, to Bali, I think Stark may have been the only one. Yeah. There. Yeah. That, I mean, I think you're right. They might. They probably are. Do they still live in, are they still in brewing? They're still in brewing. They're doing yeah. uh, some distilling. You have Bremen Brewery. We have Islands of Imagination. Uh, Island Brewing, you have uh, Black Sand, Sons of Beaches, uh, Canard. And there's a whole bunch of, even Sonora Beer Garden. Uh, give them a plug. They're not even really a brewery. Um, just a small little place. But the idea is there's this diverse product that you can go to. You're not going to have that flavor anywhere else. Mm. And that's kind of what the craft beer experience really is about, right? You can go and have a beer that you were never expecting to see. Uh, someone is putting heart into the product. Does it work out all the time? 
No, not all of the time, but honestly, that's half the fun. Uh, there is a location, which I won't name, that I and some of the other brewers go to. And it's not because the beer is great, it's the opposite. We go to mm. this location, uh, just like, okay, now what are you tasting? Oh, you know, it's uh, they're not re-oxidizing the chromium, you're picking up excess, you know, iron is coming through as uh, almost a, a dirty coin in the mouth kind of flavor. A sensory session rather yeah. than like a drinking session. Organoleptic yeah. sensory analysis. <laughs> What more do you want on a night well, out with friends having yeah. beers than that? Yeah. Hey, you know, let's all agree this tastes like coins. Yeah. <laughs> How did you both end up in Indonesia brewing? It's probably the best question to ask. Well, I'm not a brewer. Yeah. I moved to Indonesia uh, when I was six. Yep. And that was because of divorce. Not my divorce, my mom's. But there we go. <laughs> yeah. So you're local. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm local. I, I went to I went to elementary and middle school in Bali. And yeah. I moved back for like to Texas for um, high school and college. I just figured it'd be better to be unemployed in Bali than Texas, you know. And yeah. Probably correct. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. It's probably better to be unemployed in Bali than employed. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And I am a recent transplant. Uh, let's see, last brewing the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. So I was with Caracal. Interestingly enough, I just I have to plug all the guys. All right. uh, they took number one large brewery at the Asia Beer Championship last year. Um, and so coming out here, we're, we're going to see what happens. Competition looks bigger. But for me, it was just looking for the next interesting place to brew. Um, going from the size of the system there to here, the reality is we probably need a much larger system. Things are going well, and happy to see that. So for me, it's just kind of like following the beer from the U.S. Uh, to Jordan, now out in Bali, you know, uh, having to keep a supply of monkey bite cream on hand, as I mentioned. Uh, so it's, it's been a good, good, a good journey. The challenges are never-ending. Mm. So I think to all brewers out there, you know, it's tough enough to make good beer. It's even tougher to make it in a, a difficult environment. That doesn't really, you know, favor. You cannot run down like the old days. I can't run down to the local, you know, brew shop and pick up whatever the item that I'm missing. Mm. You just simply don't have it. And you have all the challenges on top of that. Oh, yeah. We're like the Ernest Shackleton of beer making. You know, this is an unforgiven frontier. <laughs> Definitely. It's very different to instead of penguins. Yeah, very Melbourne. different yeah. To, <laughs> to Melbourne, where you know we've probably got eighty breweries in in Metro Melbourne. Yeah, you know, everyone can every, run over and every every time we homebrew and we forget something, we can just walk down the homebrew right. shop. <laughs> I mean, even getting like spare parts for machinery, yeah. Yeah. epically hard lead times. I mean, you really have to plan things way ahead of time, and you have to like almost like anticipate the market. It's like pretty difficult too, a lot of ways, you know, especially when you're like producing new SKUs, new beers, and just that anticipation. It must be very tricky as a new brewer, like with those lead times and all of those issues. Like how do you, you know, forecast if you're looking at a three-month lead time? Well, you literally <laughs> just close your eyes and you're like, I and just hope this is going to happen, guys. <laughs> um, so is it's, I assume it's it's barley only at the moment, no no plans for export? You can't oh, get no. outside of um, You know, we're definitely, I mean, the thing is, I think sales has kind of outpaced production right now yeah locally i mean we're super blessed it's it's been such a success um as we expand things i mean maybe we co-pack who knows but the idea of being like a local balinese company that makes it international it's, it's i mean it's very exciting for us definitely but that's a distant mountaintop mm. yeah and i always tell the sales team we never 
run out of beer. You're simply selling product that I don't have. Uh, stop doing that, please. I mean, so that's the eternal struggle uh, between sales and production to get all of that to balance. And every week is, you know, there's a new challenge based upon the environment. We're coming into the heaviest months of November and December. Mm. Very heavy production and just working through uh, some interesting technical issues. And it's completely different from ones we've seen before. And so you try to juggle all of that, right? So you're like, what, the yeast shipment is not here? I'm like, well, I guess we're gonna propagate. Yes, I know that means a little bit of weekend work, but you gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Fascinating. Do you guys have a tap room? Where do people find you if they're in Bali? I wish. <laughs> yeah, we all wish. Uh, hopefully something like that would be on the horizon in the near future is what my hope would be. Uh, it is available in cans from the smallest Warung down in Beach, uh, the bigger hotels, restaurants. Uh, we are in Pepito market in terms of distribution and expanding touch points uh, to many different other small stores. And now we're in, I believe, Surabaya, Jakarta, Lombok, so we're getting off the island. I just wish they would do it a little slower, maybe a little slower. So you can be ready so we, with yeah, product. Yeah, we can catch yeah, up a little yeah. bit. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, just, you know, whatever listeners are out there, go to our website, kurakurabeer.com, send us an email, say that you heard this on this podcast, <laughs> and Gary will give you a personal tour of the brewery. It's true. I, I live up there. All the time, and I just live for doing the brewery tours. I, I didn't sense any sarcasm whatsoever. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, dance, monkey, dance, and I do my yeah. dance, right? Gary loves it. He needs yeah. the company. Just just send that email. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll get you a few. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they will take you off on that. Um, yeah, but do, do if other things for listeners is do check out Kurokuro website. Artwork is fantastic, which I said to Chris before. I think really, really striking. Um, it, yeah instantly sort of took my eye and um, it really transports you to, to the jungle I think immediately even with that minimalist design I, I really love it and I oh, um, really yeah. appreciate it yeah, yeah. so um, yeah go, go have a look at that even if you're not planning on going to Bali anytime soon if you're listening to this go check out the website and um, yeah and also feel free to send me an email by the sounds of it yeah <laughs> or Instagram yeah, yeah. yeah. Instagram well, that's the question Social media's Social website. Media. What have you got? Sent to us. Gary will definitely give you a tour. There's definitely free beers involved, so <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> yeah, so that's K U R A K U R A beer in Bali. And thank you very much, Chris and Gary, for your time. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you all. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thank Thanks, you. guys. <laughs>